0: We will be there in just a moment. We are delighted to have everyone with us this evening as we spend a little bit of time together in God's Word. You know, a lot of a lot of places have kind of dropped Sunday evening post-COVID, but I'm kind of glad we still have it. it gives us an opportunity just to kind of look at some things, maybe on a little different level. And it's always a good time just to get back together. The more time we're together, I think just better things happen, and I think it's all a good thing while back, we had in our deeper Bible studies on Tuesday mornings and Tuesday evening, we went through the book of Ecclesiastes. And when you go through studies like that, there, there are some great lessons you learn about the book and the purpose and things like that. But oftentimes, there's just these wonderful little expressions given to us by heaven that just speaks volumes. And we're going to grab one of these tonight, and we're going to just have... Four simple little points tonight for you to look at, but some things I hope will help you as we consider our walk with Jesus together, reminding ourselves we need to finish what we started, and that is our theme this year. I was watching an interview a while back of Paul McCartney. He's one of my favorite singers. Of course, he's one of the Beatles, if you don't know who he was. And early in the Beatle career, when they first had a major hit in America, they came over here and toured in America, and they had the opportunity to meet their idol Elvis the king and this took place in LA and the Beatles were very young and Elvis had already been around for a while and they were just so excited about meeting Elvis and as McCartney tells the story in this interview he says Ringo the drummer of the Beatles said he distinctly remembers Elvis staying seated the entire conversation, never getting up once, almost a, a position of power. But Paul McCartney says, I remember him opening the door and greeting us in. And what's interesting about that is your memory sometimes through the years just kind of does things to you. I know Debbie and I are at a point in our lives now, it takes two of us to tell the story, and we still don't get it right half the time. You know, that's just how it goes. You know, we'll start, I'll start telling a story about one of our trips, and i'll say well in the spring we went she said no it was in the fall oh yeah in the fall we went over here and it was on a thursday she goes no it was a tuesday i thought i really thought i was on this trip but I, maybe i wasn't you know and, and and memory is a funny thing there are some things we will never forget uh, there are certain sounds or certain smells or certain songs that just takes you back decades May take you back to old grandma's house, may take you back to some funeral, may take you back to the day of your wedding. And then you, see, you remember all those things and how wonderful those things etch into our minds. One of our great hymns is precious memory, how they linger, how they flood my soul. Peter would say in the idea of Mark chapter 14, as as he Denied the Lord, and immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered. He remembered what Jesus said, and how Jesus told him this was going to take place. Later on, the same Peter would write in the book of second Peter, chapter 3, verse 1, this is now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved, and both of them I'm stirring you up by sincere mind by way of reminder. I want you to remember certain things. And in the first chapter here, he'd remind us, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks his quality is so nearsighted, he is blind, having forgotten. He was cleansed from his former sins. He forgot he was baptized. He forgot those things. Now, in the midst of all this, There are things that sometimes in life we try to erase from our memory. Modern psychology would tell us how we get through some difficult points of our lives. That we should not focus on car accidents and surgeries and hurt feelings and disappointments and all those other things. We should focus upon just the good things in life. You remember the hole in one, but you forget all those one-foot putts you missed. You remember the home run, but you forget all the strikeouts you've had. You remember the time that you were the center of the party, but you forget about all the times you were not invited to a party. That's how our modern culture tries to deal with it. There are certain things you should just push out of your mind and not focus upon. Reminds me of the story of the the founder of the nursing, Clara Barton, and when she first started off, it was kind of not popular for women to be working, especially in the hospital setting. And an editorial person wrote a very scathing rebuke of her. She was invited to a banquet where this editor was. And Claire Barton says, I distinctly remember forgetting that. Well, that's what a lot of people do. But now, when we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, we find this phrase. And this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. And what we want to talk about is remembering what we don't want to remember. Solomon's saying in chapter 11, verse 8, Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything that is to come will be futility. Let him remember the days of darkness. Two things right there stand out. First of all, he did not say the day of darkness, but he uses the plurality, the days of darkness. And then he says there will be many of those things. And that just kind of flies in the face of everything we know. We would think, well, you should forget the days of darkness. They're going to make you sad. If you remember the days you disappointed someone, the days you sinned, days of trouble, that's just going to make you have another bad day. We should remove the days of darkness. But Solomon, in his wisdom from heaven, is telling us, no, I want you to remember the days of darkness. And what I'm going to do to you tonight is tell you four reasons why. You remember those days when you had the stomach flu. Oh, how we like to forget those days. You're sick at your stomach. You're laying in bed. Every commercial on TV is food. Okay, (laughs) That just makes you more sick. Every minute seems like a day. It just seems like it's taken forever. You wonder, the thought goes through your mind, will I ever feel normal again? Will I ever eat anything other than crackers and jello the rest of my life? And, and, and those moments seem just to, to be so serious. But then once we're past, we forget. And sometimes there's nothing of value that comes from any of those. So this evening, let's look at four simple things. Number one. When we think about remembering the days of darkness, there are things we see in the darkness that we never see in the sunshine. Sunshine represents the joy, the happiness. Everyone wants that. And we want to forget about the hard lessons. We want to forget the darkness. But it's in the darkness where character and hope and faith, and especially God has carried us through those things. To put a passage on this, if you turn with me in the book of James, if you will, James chapter 1. And we know this verse so well where James reminds us about the trials and the difficulties of life. James would say in James chapter 1, begins verse 2, again illustrating this very point here. He says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now the modern man would say, forget your modern trials. Try to get them out of your mind. Try to move past your modern trials. Try to move on to happy days again. But James is saying, consider it joy. And the reason is, verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And so when we put some application to this, what we see as we think about this, when we had to apologize, it taught us that our words and actions have consequences. That probably started at home, when we had to apologize to a big brother or big sister, or little brother or little sister. Had to apologized to mom, had apologized to dad. Later on in life, we realized we had to apologized to other adults. Why? Because we said things we shouldn't have said. We spoke things in anger. We spoke things without pondering, as we talked about our last Wednesday night class. We talk about things that we haven't really considered about those things. And when you remember those things, it helps you. It helps you to watch your mouth next time. It helps you to realize how important it is that words can help or hurt someone else in this regard. And these are lessons that we learn. In your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. When we look at the prodigal, I believe there's two kinds of remembrances that we see. One is obvious here, and one is kind of something we have to kind of dig out just a little bit. But Luke 15, we know the story of the prodigal. He got his money, his inheritance from his father, went off to the far country. He wasted it all. Then he ran out of money. A famine came, and he was in dire straits. So he went to work with a Gentile pig farmer feeding the pigs. And the Bible says in verse 16 of Luke 15, And he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. When he came to his senses, he said, How may my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. Verse 17, he remembered. I remember how the servants are living. I am a son, and yet the servants do better than me. I remember that. But verse 16 is another thing he remembers. And that is, so hungry... So desperate, so at the bottom of the barrel, I would like to eat what the pig's eating. Now, I've been hungry before, but I've never been that hungry. I've never been so hungry, I walk downstairs and look at the bowl where we have our cat food, and says, scoot over, I'm diving in. I've never been that hungry. I've never been so hungry, I went to the store and got some dog food. I've never been that hungry. I've never been so hungry, I grabbed leaves and just started chewing on them. Here's a man that was so desperate, he was thinking about pig food. And don't you think the next time that little feeling rose up again in his heart, you know what, you don't have to listen to dad. You don't have to live by his rules. You can go out that door and do anything you want to do. Don't you think that thought came back to his mind? Where did it go last time I did that? The last time it led me to eating pig food. That memory... Helps us. And so Solomon tells us to remember the days of darkness. There's value in doing that. We also look to this when we when we were wrong, it taught us that we don't know everything. And that's just so true in so many areas of life. Whether it's just advice, whether it's about doing something, whether it's even about the Bible, that when we thought we had the answers and we realized we don't have the answers that that memory reminds us that there are times when I just don't know the answer. There is a way that seems right, the Old Testament tells us, but the end is destruction. It seems right, it feels right, it looks right, but it's wrong, and I didn't see that. And then there are times when we were helpless and taught that we needed others in our lives. We needed the fellowship of God. We needed the prayers of the saints. We needed other people to be there for us. And then the darkness has taught us the power of prayer and how, pow- and how prayer works and how prayer is powerful, James 5, 16 teaches us. So one of the things that Solomon is saying is, I want you to remember. I want you to remember the days of darkness And I want to just take the foot off the accelerator here for a minute and just think about this. Within this congregation, we've had a lot of funerals lately. Been a lot of funerals within the past year. How quickly we'd like to move past that and forget that. Remember the days of darkness. Within this congregation, there have been those who've gotten divorced and how painful and hurtful that is. Let's just move past that. Remember the days of darkness. There are those who have gone through some great tragedies in their lives. Remember the days of darkness. We got through COVID. We just wipe our brow and say, glad that's behind us. Never want to think about that again. Remember the days of darkness. Solomon is reminding us that there's things in the darkness we should never forget. Because they will help us in so many different ways. Second point we're going to look at this evening is that in the days of darkness... We realize and we understand that God is with us. The great Psalms 23, where it talks about verse 4, Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. The sheep were following the shepherd. They did not take a wrong turn. They did not get lost. They were following the shepherd. And following the shepherd put them right through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, with your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, we see a great example of this in the life of Jesus and his disciples. Matthew 14, and we begin verse 22. Matthew 14, verse 22. And immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Matthew 14, 23. After he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. So the disciples are in a boat the multitude went home. Jesus is on the mountain praying. Verse 24, But the boat was already strata away from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking upon the sea. Why were they in the storm? They took a wrong turn. Why were they in the storm? They disobeyed Jesus. Why were they in the storm? They did something they shouldn't have done. No, they did exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, get in the boat and go. They got in the boat and went, and that put them right into a storm. Sometimes doing right puts you in a storm. And so it's in the darkness, so often we see that God is truly with us. In the Old Testament, if you will, turn with me to the book of Psalms, if you will. Psalms chapter 62. Psalms chapter 62. Again, so many great expressions in our bible bring this out to us Psalm 62 and in verse 8 trust in him at all times o people pour out your heart before him god is a refuge for us and when you think about a refuge you think about maybe a, a big rock or a cave, and you know, this rock's kind of hanging over, and you can hide under it. Here comes a, You're out there just walking the trails, and here comes a big thunderstorm, and you got to get some shelter. A refuge is what you'd go to. You don't need a refuge in the daylight. You don't need a refuge in the sunshine. You need a refuge in the storm. And what did they find? They found God was there. Others may let you down, but God is there. And our Bible history shows us this. Seas that were parted, prison doors that were opened, mouths of lions that were shut, the enemy scattering in fear, and the people of God rescued and saved and delivered. And so remember the days of darkness. For others in this assembly, it may be the health issue. Going to yet another doctor appointment, yet another procedure, yet another test— more and more and more and more I do this, the deeper and bigger the problem seems to be. And you, and you just want to get past this. Why can't things get back to normal, we say. Why can't I just get beyond this? Solomon tells us, remember the days of darkness. In Psalm chapter 34 now, Psalm chapter 34. And in verse 17 and verse 18, Psalms 34 Verse 17, verse 18. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are Christ in spirit. So remember the days of darkness. We go on to another point here. Remember that the darkness, the darkness will make us useful for helping other people. In your New Testament, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians and this is really how the Apostle Paul brings this out. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and then we're going to jump to chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he talks about the comfort of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, begin in verse 3. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so we may be able to comfort all those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also the comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. For if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we suffered. You notice how many times you talk about comfort? comfort? God comforted us. We comfort you. And again... One thing, darkness helps us. It helps you to help me when you've had your darkness. It helps me to help you when you have your darkness. Oh, I've been there. I know what works. Oh, I've been there. I know what doesn't work. Try this. Now, having said that, go to chapter 7 now. He began the chapter by talking about how God comforted him and how God was there to do all these great things. But now he says in verse 5 of chapter 7, But even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were afflicted on every side, conflicts without, fears within. And right there you might say, well, time out. Where's all your comfort? You said God comforted you. Now you have troubles outside, troubles inside. Read on here. But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted in you. As he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. How did God help me? Did he take away the problem? No, he didn't. He sent me a brother in Christ. He sent me a brother with good news about your faith. Knowing how you're doing comforted me. And again, what this reminds us of. It's a great lesson of being able to help one another when they are discouraged with certain things. In your Bibles, look at the book of Philippians now. Philippians chapter 4. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 5. Philippians 4, verse 5. Here the apostle says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. I believe it was Beth Midler who had this song years ago from a distance and talk about god from a distance and she talked about how god sees the planet from a distance all these things it's kind of a cute little song but it's so biblically inaccurate because god's not at a distance god's not so far away he doesn't know what's going through your heart god's not so far away he cannot help you god's not so far away that he's removed he's not at a distance god is near and so what solomon tells us is remember the days of darkness. Don't let that defeat you. Don't let that destroy your faith, as Jason talked about this morning. But what that should do for us, it brings lessons to our lives. It helps us to be able to help other people. And then finally, what it does for us, by remembering the days of darkness, it helps us to count our blessings. That God has been good to us. That through the darkness, there is sunshine. And that there are things I can see that will help us. And so not all life is sunshine. There are car accidents. There are surgeries. There's times we have to apologize. There's times we're blamed for something we didn't do. The darkness can really be dark. But remembering God is with you, remembering the darkness can make such a change in our lives. I use this little poem when I teach the book of Job. It says, I walked a mile with pleasure, She chatted all the way, but left me none the better for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and never a word, said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. And so what an interesting passage, how it flies in the face of our culture today, just to remove all bad thoughts. Just, just get rid of anything that, that was negative in your life. Only focus on the positive. Only focus upon the sunshine. And there's that statement in Ecclesiastes, remember. Remember the days of darkness. There's going to be a lot of them. And if you remember them, it ought to help you be better. It'll help you be stronger. It'll help you to help other people. And so that's our thoughts for this evening. Again, it gives us some things to really contemplate and to realize in all of our lives, We've had some darkness. Some of that darkness was sin. That's why we needed Jesus. Some of that darkness is because we let people down and and, and hurt. Some of that darkness is by our mistakes. Some of that darkness just came about because we live in this planet. Things such as sickness and disease and different things happen to us. But when we focus on those things, we think about those things, sprinkled all through there is God. God who's with us. God who's going to help us. God is going to see us on the other side. That's what's so remarkable about these things. At Gene Churchman's funeral, so many of you were there. I referred to that passage in Revelation 22, verse four, where we will see His face. We will see His face. What a powerful thought that is. And I think once we get to the other side, it won't matter. You know. You know. Sometimes when I fly, and there's somebody at the airport to pick me up. You know, the first question they ask, well, how was your flight? How was your flight? Sometimes it's, it's crowded, sometimes it's bumpy, sometimes it's no good. I saw a guy one time taking off his shoe, then he took off his sock, and I thought, oh, this is not going to happen, you know. What are you doing here? I saw a guy one time just having to throw-up bag just right there. We haven't even started the engines yet. He's already got the bag ready. I thought, oh, what a long flight we're going to have. But you know what? Once you land and you're where you're supposed to be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's bumpy, doesn't matter if it's crowded, doesn't matter if I have the throw-up guy beside me, doesn't matter if I have the guy with the stinky feet beside me, it doesn't matter because now I'm where I'm supposed to be and that's the only thing that matters. And so lessons like this remind us of that. Our society will hold on to the darkness and nothing good comes out of this or our society will forget the darkness and nothing good comes out of that either. No lessons learned. When we put the two together, we see, okay, there, there are some things I see that was hard in my life. But man, God helped me. Man, got me. God got me through that. Man, look where I'm at today. And those are the things that we need to see this evening. So if we can be of any help to you, if you've never been baptized, you need to because that's the journey we begin. And then we all need to, every once in a while, just pause and think about those days and see how we've changed, how we've learned, how God has been there with us. Why not you come as we stand, as we sing.